0: That was <laughs> dfs pregame show here on roto grinders i'm jordan cooper aka blender at blender hd if you want to follow me on twitter and it's friday friday may 20th it's fighting friday it's no longer casual friday it's fighting friday right because we're gonna fight right i see you guys in the chat are you fighting are you getting ready to rumble as jesse atfield says in the chat right fridays are now we, we, we focus a lot on uh on ufc on mma people people it's getting popular or whatever. And, uh, we, we have premium content here for, uh, for, for UFC cards. Uh, the, the prize pools are big, 100K to first, large field GPP on DraftKings. So uh, so th- this is kind of like the free MMA content. But you can subscribe to Roto-Grinders Premium. Click on the link in the description, get $10 off your first month, right? Be part of the combo premium, right? Because you'll get the MMA as part of that. And there's a there's an article and the Ground and Pound podcast, the expert survey. Uh, you know Liam does uh, some fight picks and uh, Squirrel Patrol sometimes has a contrarians take. And uh, I'm going to be getting a little bit more involved in that. So uh, so if you want to come behind the paywall, I think starting next week there's no card and I'll be in Las Vegas. And then the week after that, uh, you, you'll maybe I'll be I'll be part of some stuff in uh, behind uh, the the premium stuff here but i'll always be here on friday maybe we'll bring some people on maybe mike brown h3 boot will come on or keith or something on fridays and we'll we'll talk about the dfs strategy for the ufc slate because there's there's not much strategic content you know i focus not on what is going to be the outcome of the fights but more of how can we how can we make plus ev lineups especially for large field gpps and you guys, I got a lot of guys in the chat that do play uh, UFC. We've got Suki Singh. Good morning, Hog Lawrence. Suki says, uh, I would like to sh- do a shout out for you. Oh, oh, Suki's shouting me out for helping everyone with their DFS journey. It has been a giant help to me since I've been watching you. Thank you so much for what you do. Well, thank you for watching. Thank you for putting up with my garbage, right? A lot of people don't like me, right? They're like, ah, oh, the blunt New Yorker, right? You know, condescending or something like that. I'm just trying to help you. I'm real. I'm really, it, it may come across as like, you know, kind of antagonistic or something. I yell at some people, but I'm, I'm, I, I want to do the right thing. Right. I just give a hundred percent of what I know. That's, that's it. That's all. That's all I'm doing. Right. And sometimes there is no right answer. Sometimes it's like, well, you have to wait through some things and there's no, who's going to win. I have no idea. You know, that type of stuff. So I have to get you to think in the mindset, you know, the game theory-driven mindset of how to beat a peer-to-peer game against other people. And it's not necessarily about predicting stuff better than others, right? So that's what we focus on on this show, the DFS strategy. Good morning, Doug Montgomery, real-life picture, Joe Mack, Kickstart, right? Metal Alloy is here at the Ultimate Friday Club, right? UFC, it's Fighting Friday, Fighting Friday, or Fisting, Fisting Friday. I don't don't think we want to do, put. don't put that on the, on the title, right? Hopefully that doesn't come out in the, the, the transcript. Maybe we'll be demonetized if I call it fisting Friday, but probably not. Uh, so we got a, a, a small 11 fight card uh, tomorrow. Uh, another another small one. So it's gonna be a little bit tougher to be unique, right? We got we got one humongous favorite, well, not huge, huge favorite, but uh, Jelton Almeida at 9,400. He's 300 more than any other fighter. We got a fairly uninteresting main event between Holly Holm and Viera. Vieira. Uh, if, if that's mostly a stand-up affair, this may be a main event that maybe you'd be a little bit light on. Maybe the main event goes over-owned, uh, and then we got a lot, a lot of interesting fights in the mid-range. Right? I'm, I'm really, I'm really. A lot of the field is going to be focused on this, this mid-range because some of the, some of these dogs are the dogs are not necessarily the greatest of, of underdogs but, uh, we could take a look at my, my, my worksheet. I've, I've had, I have it filled in with the RG stuff, uh, in here and, uh, and the current odds. I updated this a, a couple of, you know, two, two or three hours ago. And, uh, and yeah, people, people are t- are typing in fisting into the, into the chat and it's, and it's, and it's, it's holding it for review. So probably don't type in fisting, right? It's not, it's not going to work out for you. Uh, let's see. Uh, so, so from the looks of it, ownership wise, I mean, I think a lot of ownership is going to be going to Almeida at 9,400 and uh, Holmes and Chidi and Guani. Kwan- I don't know. I'm just going to call them Chidi, right? Holmes is uh, 49% inside the distance. Chidi's 51% inside the distance. Almeida 71%, 52% in the first round. So a lot, a lot of lineups are going to be Almeida Holmes Chidi, you know, doing something like that. They're going to have to pick one underdog. Right. So like if a lot of people are going to be on Holmes and, and Chidi, I think a uh, leverage on the Todorovic and Amadovsky. Uh, I mean, they're inside the distance. Isn't that bad? Amadovsky, 24% disco 19%. Uh, the problem with the, uh, these guys are that if, if you actually watch them fight, you probably, probably would, not want to take, them, right. You probably wouldn't want to right. Disco Todorovic has almost no uh, striking defense, and Chidi is, uh, is a power-punching power, power punching striker. So uh, Dusko could wrestle, right? But, I mean, if a lot of people are going to be on Chidi playing the direct leverage game, playing the opponent, will will we'll give you, I mean, he comes up uh, decently, right? If he's going to be like 14% owned, he's a bit under-owned. Amandowski, 16%, he's a bit under-owned. Amandowski hasn't fought in three years, right? And and truthfully, he's not UFC quality, Right. And he typically wins in the first round or like dies. Uh, but that that's like, he hasn't fought in three years. So it, when a guy hasn't fought in three years, uh, either they're going to be rusty. Like, did they improve in three years? It's quite possible they barely paid attention. They're coming in, they're getting a paycheck and don't expect much. Or it could be maybe he did improve in three years. Who knows? He's facing Joseph Holmes, who's not trustworthy either, right? Joseph Holmes isn't someone that you want to really put money on either. So like that fight is high variance, right? I, I like to look for the high variance fights and try to go like to the other side of what most people are doing. So like the high variance fights on this slate are even Almeida Porter is a high variance fight. It's a heavyweight fight, right? Almeida stepping up uh, to, to heavyweight uh, from, uh, from light heavyweight. Part, Porter typically has to cut down to heavyweight. Uh, but Porter is just basically just a big dude, right? Can Almeida take him down? Like, like the question on the slate with Almeida is not necessarily whether or not he wins, but does he put up enough points for 9,400, right? Because there, there are instances where Almeida wins uh, with six takedowns and he has 140 points or something. Yeah, that that's that, there's an outcome for that. There's also an outcome where he wins really early. One takedown, submission, 95 points. Will 95 points be enough? Now on this slate, there aren't that many great ITD lines, so maybe, 20, maybe 95, even at 9,400, 9, will be one of the top six scorers on the slate. And especially at the top, maybe the top three scores, it's possible. But there's also instances where, where Almeida isn't able to finish him until the second round. And maybe he only scores 82. Maybe not till a third round. And maybe maybe he ends up with 70 points. Maybe he wins a decision. So it's not just a matter of, oh, if I don't think Almeida could finish him in the first round, I'm going to play Parker Porter. Right? Just like, well, maybe you just don't play Almeida right? And obviously Parker Porter is going to be heavy leverage against uh, what I believe is going to be a 62% owned fighter. And at 6,800, I mean, what does he really have to do on an 11 fight card? He just win. If he wins, even with like 60 points in a decision, he could still make the optimal there, but also he may still miss the optimal, right? We saw last week with Petrosky, Petrosky was the lowest owned, lowest priced fighter. He put up 91 point something, 91.6 points, and he wasn't in the optimal. Now he was in the winning GPP lineup, but he wasn't in the nuts lineup. The nuts lineup would have left 2100 on the table and not had him, right? Not had him in it, but, uh, but no one had it, okay? So technically he, he missed. He was the seventh highest scoring fighter on that slate last week. Uh, so this is what I do. So I compare the betting lines with the ownership, right? And I put in the, the, the median projection to give some weight to it. Right. I also put in other sources, but I'm not. I'm not necessarily going to show you that uh, today. Uh, but then just compare the two. So Almeida, I mean, still rates out as you know the best play on the slate. I mean, he's 9400 and he finishes in the first round more than half the time. So like that's that's 90 to 100 points right there. So that's that's what it's rated for. Like the chances of scoring 100 plus. Okay. And then on the bottom end, we got Dodorovich and Amadovsky, Right. I think Mor- the Morales medic fight. Is a high variance fight that uh, plus 155 and plus 210. So 39%, 32% inside the distance. That fight more than likely ends inside the distance. So high variance. Medich coming from the Alaskan regional scene, not very trustworthy, right? Because it sucks. Uh, He pretty much, I don't think he's fought more than six minutes in any fight in his career, right? I think he's gotten to the second round once. So, and and he's not really even a wrestler. So it's basically just going to charge at you and either knock out in the first round or probably die himself, right? Morales isn't, isn't that great of a finisher, but if Medic is basically has three minutes of cardio, Morales can knock him out also. So I thought the, the fights that I'm looking to target are Morales, Medici, Holmes, Amadovsky, Chidi, Todorovich, Almeida, Parker, a porter, uh, the, the Ricci Vienna women's fight, uh, has the potential to put up a decent, a good amount of score because the Vienna is, is, is someone it, both, both these fighters like fighting on the ground. And if they're going to be a lot of ground exchanges, that's a lot of points on DraftKings. and Vienna tends to pull guard a lot. So like, it's quite possible that Ricci has a lot of top control time, right? And if, if Vienna can't get a, a submission, you know, an arm bar from guard or, you know, some type of sweep to a leg lock or whatever, uh, it's quite possible that like Viana is seems like more of the type of fighter that needs a finish to get a hundred points than Ricci, because Ricci could just end up winning a decision with 12 minutes of control time just in Viana's guard. So that that fight uh, may go a little bit underowned. Like based on based on my ratings, those are the fights that are a little bit underowned for their potential. Maybe not on the cheaty side for the the cheaty Dusko, right? Home Cheaty and Holmes are the are like the kind of maybe slightly overowned sides, the favorite side. Uh, and Todorovich and Amadoski are the like the underowned uh dog side. The overowned fights, uh, like I think Eric Anders goes overowned, but I don't think that many people are playing Park and Martinez. So that that makes some interesting, you know, uh, situations up there. If they're only around 20% owned, I mean it's an 11 fight card. So like they're going to be 20% down, but they don't rate out even all that well with inside the distance lines of like 24, 25%. But if, but people are going to have to find these dogs, to fit in Almeida, Holmes and Chidi, you're going to have to find some dogs. And I think people will go for Anders or Morales because they're not playing Parker Martinez, or they're going to go for Ketlin Vieira, the dog in the five round fight. Cause uh, you know, home is, is, is not necessarily a finisher, right? It's more likely going to go five rounds. And in a in a in a five round affair with not many you know takedowns, uh, you know the dog has a good chance of winning, right? So I think people are going to go there, but I think that fight is overowned. I think the Pereira Panzenibio fight may be one of the more entertaining fights of the night, but I think that's going overowned because they're inside the distance. Pereira is twenty five percent and Panzenibio is twenty two percent. This fight goes the distance more times than not, but it should be a high paced fight. Pereira probably lands more takedowns. Pons and Nibia is probably more active on the feet striking. Uh, but I think for its pay, people are going to target it because it's the $8,200, $8,000 fight, right? So, you know, it's a toss up and it's cheaper. They don't have to, they don't, they could give you 90 points and be optimal at that range. And, uh, and people are going to target it. So I think it's a little, little over-owned. I think the Reed Hughes fight is maybe the worst fight on the slate. Reed at 8,500, you know, plus 490 inside the distance and, and she's really not a wrestler so it's like it's hard to imagine you know how often does she get 100 points not that often Hughes at least at 7700 does she need 100 points no but at plus 525 doesn't rate all that well at 20 percent ownership uh we take a look at the Polaris Hooper fight uh that that could that, that may be a, a mess this may be a messy fight two fighters that are not necessarily Uh, Great strikers, right? And Kolaris is not even that great of a wrestler, and Hooper is has like no strength, right? Hooper is essentially a BJJ specialist. So if Hooper can get it to the ground, uh, he has he has a chance of of putting up a a top score. But uh, if, if this fight stays on its feet, this may be something you don't want. This may be a very sloppy fight between two really lower level fighters. I know Hooper is is a prospect. But really, he's shown nothing outside of, you know, his submission game. This could be a fight where where Kalars just wants to stay on the feet and, you know, ends up being ends up looking like re- really, really bad striking battle. Uh, but but that fight is okay. I have it rated, like, mid-range. Like, it's, a, it's okay. It's there. Uh, anything else as far as, like, fight breakdown type of thing? Just looking at comparing the odds versus ownership. I, I mean, I gave you a little context into what the fight should look like but it's MMA. The variance is very high. You know, one punch, one takedown, one slip changes the whole, whole course of the, of the fight. And that could happen at any time. Uh, Josh shock says Porter at $20 on FanDuel is absurd at 20. Wow. Yeah. He's going to be low owned at that price on FanDuel. Uh, hog Lawrence says four women in the optimal. Uh, how could there be four women in the optimal? I mean, what, if you're stacking, there's only three female fights. So you're saying what home and Vieira? I th- I think Vie- Vieira has a good shot at the optimal if no underdog wins. So if like it's all favorites and Vieira and Vieira home goes the distance. Vieira has 48 to 55 points or something like that. She could still be in the optimal. So I'm more likely to play a little bit more Vieira than Morales, Anders, and Porter because you know if we don't get any dogs winning, uh, you're gonna the the, lowest, the the highest scoring dog is gonna be in the optimal. Especially if the top end starts, if Almeida scores 130 points or something, so like I, even though Vieira's rating is quite low, I may be a little bit more more prone to to play her than than the three round fighters. So that that's the only thing. But whether to have uh, five uh, to have four women in the optimal, I I don't I don't think so. No, I I, I wouldn't. I, I mean, maybe it's low owned. Uh, Asking, Okay. Jesse asked be able to ask him for some secret sauce, but do heavyweight women or five round fights bake into your final rating? No. They're just there for context, right? They're there more for, for variance context, right? I know heavyweight fights tend to be high variance, either very slow and high variance, like because the power at, at that weight class, like one punch can end the fight. And then women's fights tend to not have knockouts, but typically uh, the UFC Stats Service. Uh, is a little bit more generous on significant strikes for women right a lot of times people don't roster the women's fights as much as they should because the inside the distance lines tend to be lower which makes sense right but uh, we, we've seen in, in women's mma for the for the for the striking stats a lot of times like strikes that may not be significant for the men may be significant for the women so you see some of these like 107 points and you're like How how did you get 137 significant strikes? It didn't seem like there were strikes, but maybe not, you know, ground strikes, top control, that type of little, little, little jab here in top control. A lot of times that's a ground strike, just not significant for a man, but it ends up being significant for a woman. Is that sexist? I have no idea, but that's why I put that context there. And obviously the five round fights, right? Just, just for general context. But it's that this these notes don't wade into anything. It's already it's already accounted for in the projection, right? That 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 type of that type of thing anyway. But it's there just so I mark so I know what what's what. Okay. So one thing when you're playing large field GPPs or even when you're playing small field GPPs, we talked about last week, is figuring out combinations. Okay. So for instance, a lot of times the first thing you should be doing is figuring out the lineups that you shouldn't be playing right? Because there's not enough combinations that you're going to be duped too many times. So for instance, on this slate, we have Almeida, Holmes, Chidi as a popular combo, right? The three highest owned fighters that are favorites, okay? Gives you an average remaining salary of 7,700, right? And assuming you're not stacking anything, I want to figure out, I want to figure out how many combinations, can I play this lineup in a large field GPP, in a small field? Like how many, how many combinations are there? and then divide the combinations by how many lineups do you expect to have these, these, these three fighters in it. Okay. So I'm going to run this, but this is 53, 44 and 52. So I made a little spreadsheet just to show you last week. I did it by hand conceptually, but I made a little, this little combo calculator. Okay. Just to show how to figure out how many lineups, how many average dupes, what's the payout look like. If you max entered what the ROI would be, and i'm using first place like i'm not basing on the second place ties and everything so it's not exact but just to just to show as an example so we have three fighters 53 52 and 44 okay so we put that in 53 52 and 44 so on average 12% of the lineups right if we multiply the product ownership of these three fighters is 12 12%, 12.13% so we could estimate that 12 about 12% of these of This combination will be in these contests. So in the large field, $15, that's 3,804 lineups that have all these three fighters in okay? Now, how many combinations are remaining out of the three that are left? Now, you can set this up in Excel, which I didn't do. I use lineup HQ, right? Set it at 300 and go, how many combinations are there, right? No matter what salary or anything. And how many combinations that don't have stacks of fights, okay? Now, obviously, you can get more combinations if you don't mind. So, oh, I'm just going to stack the Morales Medic fight, right? And on occasion, on a, on a blue moon, some of those lineups end up being optimal, especially when all the favorites win. But most of the time, you shouldn't, you, you almost never should. If you just by default never stack the fight, you'd probably be better off. So, by default, I'm acting like the combinations don't include a stacked fighter. Uh, Josh Shocks asks, so would you be willing to share the copy of the combinations calculator in discord by chance? Yes. Right. I could share that sheet. Uh, So if you go on the blenders game theory channel, right. Oh, let's make it premium. I'll make it premium. There you go. You got to be premium. You go on the blenders game theory channel, just post a note in there, Josh, just so I remember. Uh, And I'll, and I'll share that sheet. Uh, It's not that hard to set up. It's real. It's, it's, it's not right. You just, it's multiplication and division. You're not really doing much. Okay. So there's 71 combinations remaining, right? Some of them are low. I mean, some of them may not be all that dupe, right? 48-5 lineup with Morales, Vince Morales, Anders, and Vieira, right? Basically the three underdogs, three biggest underdogs, right? This combination. So there's 71 combinations. So if we put that in, 71 combinations, right? So basically there's 3,800 lineups about, right? This is an estimate, Right? 12% of the lineups will have these three fighters in it, all three fighters in it. So that's 3,800 lineups. But out of these 3,800, there's only 71 combinations. So on average, each of these lineups will be duped 53 times. So if you split $100,000 53 times, that's 1,851. Now, obviously, it doesn't count 50000 for second place and, and all the other places just, I, I'm not going to also make a payout sheet. You would make a payout sheet and you could, you could do, uh, do that in Excel. I'm just doing it for, just for sample sakes, right? In general. So like in the, uh, if you maxed out the throwdown, the, 50, the $150, 150 max entry contest, so that's 2250. dollars Your first place payout would be 1851, and you'd have minus 17 ROI. And of course that doesn't count all the other lineups of cash. I'm just going based on this, just to just give you an example. So out of the seventy-one combinations, now some of these combinations may not be duped fifty-three times. Some of the combinations may be duped eighty, and some may be duped twelve. Right, especially if you're leaving more salary on the table. This is just giving you an idea, right? This calculator is more for estimation purposes, more than anything. But like, if you were going to play that line, a combination of that lineup in the knockout, the five fifty-five or the two hundred dollar three next, that would be fine. You could play all these three fighters and still end up with a lineup that is not duplicated on average, okay? Because there's only 200 entries. There's only 166 entries. So you're fine there. In the hook, you wouldn't be fine. You'd be even worse, right? Average dupe 16 out of 1,153 lines, right? In the haymaker, you'd barely be profitable, right? 108%, you'd double your money, right? Because you're putting in 60 bucks and you're getting back 125, okay? So you could use this to see how many dupes. Now, let's say, let's say, let's take these three fighters, okay? And let's set a salary minimum because a lot of people will play lineups that are like 49, five and above, right? Something like that. So let's see how many combinations are not, there's 71 total combinations, but how many combinations are 49, five or, or above? So I'm gonna just build and see where it stops. 51 okay so there's 20 lineups that are under 49.5 and there's 51 lineups that are over okay so if there are 51 combinations like now you're getting in the range of like yeah you could play that lineup in the in the 555 or the 200 but average dupes are double digits in all these contests probably not a good line now the 20 lineups that are under 49.5 How many combinations of that? Well, there's still, there's still, uh, if you had 20, okay, no, I can't do it this way, right? I can't just, right, because, right, it's not just 20, right? So 51, there's 51 combinations, 71 total, right? So probably the average dupes of the lineups at 49.5 and plus are probably going to be more in the 60, 70 range. And the ones that are under 49.5 will go significantly down. Okay, so we're, so we're looking at this. So now let's say we add another fighter to this, okay? Let's say we add uh, uh, Ketlin Vieira, right? Probably the, the most owned underdog, okay? So that's a 29% owned fighter. So we're gonna do that, 29% there. So that represents about 3.52% of all lineups in the contest, 11.03 in the large field, $15 room. Okay, how many combinations of the remaining two fighters are there if our minimum salary is whatever, doesn't matter. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run it and let's see. Where does it stop? 37. So 37 lineup combinations. So we put that in. 37 combinations of 3.52% of the lineups in the contest. Okay, so in the large field contest, you're duped on average 29 times. The haymaker 13 times. Right, but it's also a flatter payout, right? So in the if you max entered the uh the the, the main GPP for $2,250, first place is with that lineup on average is going to be thirty three hundred dollars. So really, really not worth it. It's really not worth it. So this lineup with these four combination of players with the fighters has thirty seven combinations, and uh, it's probably do too much. So like what I would do is most likely. Uh, group these guys out, right? We could take a look here about lineups that leave a ton of salary on the table because they may be less duplicated. So here's a 48-5 lineup, okay? So maybe if you wanted to play a lineup with all four of these fighters in it, maybe you played this lineup or this 48-8 lineup with Hooper and Anders. Here's Hughes and Anders, right? Morales and Hooper. So you have you have multiple underdogs, right? You need to you know, leave a bunch of money on the table. But at the high end of this range, 50,000, like don't play this line, right? Vieira, Medich, P- P- Perea, Holmes, Chidi, Almeida. I mean, look at the ownership here, right? We could even put in the exact lineup, right? Let's say we put in the exact lineup. So we got all these fighters. The last two fighters are 27 and 26% off, okay? What is it? 26 and, 26 and 27, right? So we put 27, 26 right okay so that represents 0.25 percent of all lineups so basically that's 77 lineups in the in the in the main gpp right but how many combinations of this there are? there's only one right because we're putting in all the fighters. right so we put in all the fighters this would be a negative ev line right because it's on and on average you could expect this to be duped 77 times so you could put in the exact lineup if you want in and see, do you have enough leverage that it's not duped too much, right? In the knockout, in the trial, look look, look at this lineup—very heavily owned. But in the smaller field stuff, right, the 555, you're fine. You're fi- you're absolutely fine with this lineup. There may not be enough lineups where there that you have to even worry about duplication. Look, even I—what's the most owned lineup I can make? I mean, let's see. Let's let let's run this. I mean, what is the most owned lineup? Is that the okay? Omar Morales and Kolaris are in there somewhere. So, like, let me. I'm going to run this and see what the most owned lineup is. Okay, so I'm going to I'm going I'm gonna just going to run hundred and uh, and see what the most owned lineup in the top hundred. is. Because you'll see for the smaller field stuff, like you almost you almost don't have to worry about duplication. Will you be duped on occasion? Yes, you will. Right. But on average, there's enough combinations. Okay, so let's go to the uh, total pwn highest, 237. So we got 53. Okay, so okay, so you get morales in there also. So 53 52. Let's do this. 53 52 44, then 34, 29, 23. 34, 29, 23, okay? So here we go. So that, we expect that to be duplicated about 86 times in the $15 throwdown, right? Unprofitable lineup, $1,100 payout or something. It's unprofitable in all of these contests, right? The haymaker, the hook, the armbar. In the knockout, you may get one dupe, Right? Right. Most likely, you may, you may be the only one with it, but you're, you're getting close to the line of maybe dupe once. The triangle, probably not at all, right? So even the most owned lineup in these smaller field contests, you don't necess- you don't really have to worry about duplication, right? Now, obviously, the only way to win the 555 with this type of lineup is basically all the chalk has to do, right? So it'll be a, if, if, if this is a high-scoring slate, this lineup will be the winner. But if you're rooting for a low-scoring slate where you don't have to be perfect, like if this ends up being the winner in the 555, it most likely is also going to be the winner in the large field also, right? It's going to be something like that, right? Because you have so many chalky players in there, right? So a lot of times in, in, the, in the smaller field stuff, duplication is, I, I don't really care that much for that, right? it, right? Doesn't, it doesn't affect me that much. I care more about leverage than I do about duplication. But in the large field stuff, uh, you definitely have to consider duplication. Go through the YouTube chat. Uh, Medic is interesting. Josh Shot says he could be the 60-second finisher, but as soon as he gets hits, he shuts down and shells up. Yeah, it's a high-variance fight. Uh, Derek Phillips says this is one of the ugliest cards I've ever seen. Winning lineup will be chaotic. Yes, it's a high. This this is a low-level card and high-variance fight. So my suggestion is the higher variance it is, exploit the field's overconfidence. People look at that Chidi Todorovic fight and go, well, Dusko doesn't have any striking defense. Chidi's going to just destroy him. Is that true? I mean, it's not, I mean, we take a look at the odds. I mean, Cheedy's a 71% chance to win, right? Which is high, but Dusko is 32%. I mean, like that, that's not nothing. That's not nothing. Uh, apparently in Colorado, it's snowing, It's snowing. It was 80 degrees yesterday and it's snowing today. Okay. Welcome to the jet stream. But I like showing this combo calculator to get you in the mindset of figuring out the combinations and seeing what type of lineups that you should be playing over others. Right. And you could do that with anything, right? You could go through and use this. Obviously, you use Excel. You could simulate, you could like generate lineups. But let's say you want to know like the common like if, if I if I play Almeida, home right and homes are cheat or, or uh, homes are cheaty or something our homes because they're a little bit more expensive right I'll need a home homes right 53 34 44 okay average remaining salary 7567 and you go okay how many combinations are there of this okay so we got 53 44 34 so let's put that in 53. 34, 44. So that's about 7.93% alignment. Okay. How many combinations exist of this? Right. Or even the three highest priced. Let's say we do the three highest priced players uh, together. Okay. Right. Can we do? We can't even do the four highest price because you, you only have one guy under 6,800. Okay. So we got 53, 34, and 26. 26 so that's 4.69 percent of lineups about estimate okay so we'll run this i'll put it at 300 and see how many combinations of these three fighters seven is there only seven is that true did i that's weird right can there only be seven yeah because they can't without stacking the fighter, right because you can't play porter you can't play vieira and you can't play anders and your average remaining salary is 7500 OK, so there's literally seven combinations of that, even though you're not playing. Look, you're not playing Chalky. You're not playing cheaty, You're not playing uh, poems But these but because of the, the salary restraints and the fact that you're not stacking, there's only seven combinations remaining of this. Right. Because you're not going to play their opponents. So there's only seven combinations out of 4.69% of the lineups on average, you put in the combinations of seven, these lineups are going to be duped ridiculously. Amount. They contain less chalky play. They don't contain the three chalkiest players, but because of salary, these lineups are going to be heavily, they're going to be duped more than the other lineups because there's less combinations, right? This would be a lineup that you wouldn't even play in the knockout or the trying, right? It may be duped, right this may be do once one or two times even this combination right cuz you have to play amandowski you have to you have to play, have to play it, it forces you into certain lineups you can't even leave that much salary on the table what's the lowest salary line? 497 right cuz there's only some of you you're paying so much up here so if we let's say we now change holly jung young park to jonathan martinez who's only 21% done right so we move 26 to 21 Twenty-six to twenty-one, so that represents three point seven eight percent of lineups. But there aren't going to be that many combinations, right? Because now Anders is in play because you're, you're not playing Park, right? But I still don't expect there to be many combinations of this. Fourteen, okay. So that's a little bit better. But you put putting fourteen into this, right? Fourteen combinations of three percent of lineups is still look. Look how many dupes there are. Eighty-four on average, right? You may you may you probably you may be fine. In the, uh, in the knockout and the try, You may be fine. You're close to being dupe, but you may be fine. So though this combination isn't, because there's only so many combinations, right? And it's not, and you're not even leaving salary on the table to get them, 49.5 is the lowest, okay? So let's go to the next highest. So let's say instead of Almeida home and we do homes in this line, okay? Well, that, that, that's higher ownership. So we don't even want to go down there. So let's say we go down to Felipe Colares, right? We take Martinez and go down to Colares. Okay, he's 34. So we're gonna put in 53, 34, 34. So about 6% of lineups have this combination. You're gonna have a little bit more leeway. You can have because now you can play Todorovic, Amadoski, Morales, and Andrews. So we're gonna run, see how many combinations there are. 42. Okay, so you're a little bit better. But there's, they represent six percent of the lineup, so like forty-two of these. Look, you're still duped forty-five times, right? I mean, you may be fine. You may be fine in the in the in the smaller field stuff, but in a large field, that combination is still because there's just not enough combinations of the other three fighters, right? Let's see what the lowest salary ones of these are, so maybe they're viable. Forty-nine thousand. So maybe you're able to play maybe these forty-nine 49.2. forty-nine two. Because you have to expect the 50K lineups, the ones over here are going to be more than 45 dupes. And these are going to be maybe under 10, right? Because people don't leave salary on the table. So this is what you should be doing, right? Based on what I showed before with the Almeida home park, right? There's only seven combinations of this. And these are the ownerships. They're still owned enough that this is the type of thing where I group them out. I should say that there's really, there's no lineup that's worth playing in the large field context. With these three fighters together, you group them out and you say max two, or something, and maybe you put Martinez in there also, right? If we let's say we take out Almeida now, and we run the three highest and don't run Almeida, right? Because you're not going to be able to fit Almeida in this lineup because it's 6,800. You need two fighters, you, so Almeida can't fit into these lineups. So if you play a lineup with Home Park and Martinez, you can't play Almeida. So this is 34, 26, 21. So let's do that 34 26 21 that represents 1.86% of lineups as an estimate okay and let's let's see how many combinations you're not going to get that many combinations of this average remaining salaries 7667 but you could use now you could use porter in this lineup because you're not playing almeida All right so we're going to run this let's see how many combinations there are 57 okay so we put that in we put 57 in here Oh, now, now we're not, now we're, now we're fine. Average dupes, 10, right? In the, in the, in the arm bar, you could be the only one with it, right? In the, in the knockout and trial, the tri triangle, you're fine also, right? You're definitely fine, but look, 10 dupes. So playing all three like that with no Almeida, right? We take a look at ownership. Uh, we take a look at a salary. Maybe this lineup is, is used a little bit more, right? Hughes, Medic, Todorovic, these 50K lineups? Because the average dupes is 10. So these lineups may be duped 16 to 18 times. And then on the bottom end of the salary, we got 48.7. This may be a, a unique lineup completely, right? Porter, Todorovich, Amandowski, and leaving 1,300 on the table, right? So these lineups, average dupes, right? This is the whole thing we're estimating. Average dupes of 10. That means the ones at the higher end of the salary range may be dupe 20 times. The ones at the low end may be unique. But since the average is 10, you're, you're in a good range. Now you're in a good, you could play these three fighters together and there are enough combinations remaining that uh, even though these three fighters represent 1.86% of the total field, but like the, the total field in a $200, in a 200 man contest is what? Two lineup, one or two lineups. Right, so if you're playing that any lineup with any of the three combinations, you're most likely not running into a dupe. So you're fine in the 555. So, you, so this is what this is. You could just go through and see what combinations are more or less likely to be duped based on the ownership, based on the number of combinations available, based on salary. Maybe you just want to eliminate all the combinations of 49-7 and above of some of the higher ones. But if you're playing a lot of like if you if for instance, if you're playing, let's say very contrarian lineup. Like let's say you're playing Jonathan Martinez with Elise Reed and uh and Jung Young Park, right? And and Holly Holm, right? 7250. Right? Okay. What are I don't even know. Are there combinations can we make? You have to play Porter in this lineup. It's going to be Porter and okay, they're gonna be they're gonna be a couple of combinations. So here, here's a very contrarian lineup. You're playing the under all the players that people aren't playing in this high range, right? So you're playing 34, 26. So let's do this: 34, 26. Then we got uh 21 and 21. 21 and 21. Oh, why am I getting this down here to 21? Hold on. Okay. Let me format this. I'll just copy. Copy, paste. Okay. So these four fighters, 0.39% of lineups. So how many combinations are there of this? Probably only a couple. Zero? It can't be true. 72. 50. Okay, we play Parker Porter. And they got seventy-seven hundred, so you should be able to play people, right? Can't play Reed. You can play Hooper. Yeah, something something's going off on why we can't. Why can't we play Hooper in this lineup? Hooper, Todorovich, Amandowski, We could play. You can't play. You can't play Morales. So this should be. There should be. There should be at least three line. I mean. I don't know why it's coming at zero. There should be three lineups that you should be able to play in this. So let's say there are three. Okay, you're putting in Porter also at 6%. Put Porter at 6%, and there's three lineups that are like that. Look, this is perfectly fine. Look, look at how many lack of dupes. Those four fighters, there's only three combinations. You can play all three of the combinations and be perfectly fine in the throwdown. Average dupes, two, right? So there you go. You know, okay, these, 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 line, these lineups are fine. And if we take a look at the salary of that type of lineup, we put in Hooper, right? Right, or put it, you can't put in Hughes, right? Okay, so here's a 49-9 lineup. I'm going to even put in Hooper into this. 23? 23. And there's one lineup available. Like, dude, this lineup is most likely unique. Or a dupe. Twice and this spends 49.9. So, a lot of people that are like, I'm not going to play any lineup that's 49.5 or above. It's like, no, there are lineups that are unique that are above 49.5. Of course, they're very contrarian, but they still exist. And especially in an 11 fight card, there aren't as many combinations. 15 fight card, you got a lot more options. So, playing a lineup like this, if you set your salary minimum at 49.5 or 49.2 or whatever, 49.8, you're going to miss this lineup. Now, are there many lineups? Like obviously, if you set your minimum at 49.5, your max at 49.5, you're eliminating like a lot of lineups that are over 49.5 are, are too duplicated. Right. Like 90% of them could be too duplicated. But there are 10% there are. So like you could just use the blunt force type of thing and just say, no, nah, I just, I don't even, if I don't make this lineup here, this 49.9K lineup, I, I'm fine. I'll find other lineups. That's perfectly fine also. But just understand that you're you're locking you you this slate could happen, and I could win solo one hundred thousand dollars. You'll look at my lineup and go, "Wow, that was a forty nine nine lineup," and it was solo, it was unique. Wow, that was weird, right? Someone won with a solo fifty k lineup. Yeah, it happens, right? It's just extremely contrary. Typically, whenever when the total chaos and all the chalk fails type of thing, yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be unique. To me, these are the things that are more important than figuring out who's going to win the fight or anything, right? These are things that you could control. I can't control the fights. I can't control what happens. But I can control the ownership, the betting lines versus ownership versus dupes versus, you know, compared to the field size. And make sure I'm not playing lineups that are too duplicated. And if a duplicated lineup wins, that 84-way dupe, Like that's a everyone's negative EV in the contest. It's like oh well, everyone 84 way tie for first, and everyone gets uh, that's sixteen hundred dollars or whatever it is. And I didn't get that. It's like it's not profitable. Those lineups are not profitable in the long run. If you're now if you're playing just one lineup, maybe you don't mind being duped 84 ways because you're still gonna you're gonna make money, right? On that you're gonna make more money than maxing out or playing 50 lineups or 100 lineups. But in the long run, those lineups are still negative. Okay, anything else before we get out of here? Daniel Hutchins says high variance in DFS is better for good players. That's correct. Uh, Josh Shock says, would you rather gain leverage by going overweight on a chalkier play or going underweight fade and just hope it's not the nuts? I don't think in terms of overweight and underweight. I think of line in terms of building plus EV lines. Exposures are just based on your own risk tolerance. I'm most likely going to be overexposed to under fighters because they give you, they add more expected value to your lines. How much I went, that, that's all risk tolerance. It's all a matter. If I look at, if I look at my, my model and I go, oh, look, Amandoski rates out as the best underdog. Like I could have him in 80% of my line. I could, there are a ton, there are a lot of Amandowski plus EV lineups. So there are also plus EV lineups without Amandowski. I don't have to play all of them. So whether or not I'm over or under, like that doesn't matter. Just build plus EV lineup. I could choose to find a hundred lineups that don't have Amandowski in it that are still plus EV, even though he rates out well as an underdog at 16%. I could do that, right? I'm just looking to play a hundred plus EV lineups. That's all I'm looking to do. How you diversify is all based on your own risk tolerance just make sure you're playing plus cv lineups oh uh, monster s is brick lock and chase tomorrow i don't know so there, so here you go i mean this to me this is mma dfs this is this is what i'm doing right figuring this type of stuff out what what lineups are going to be too duped so i can get rid of them right and you could just easily do this now obviously it depends on the ownership if you're off on ownership you're going to be off on this if if uh we look at this and you go oh uh eric anders 27 percent and he ends up being 20 percent obviously your figures are going to be off right those anders lineups that you thought were too dupe may not be maybe some of them are not are 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 under 10 under five unique so it also relies on having decent ownership projections so if you if you want this combo calculator, I don't know, can I share the sheet? Can I just share the sheet? Let's see. Can I, is there a way to share a sheet on, on Google Sheets? Can I? I don't know. I'll see. Or maybe I'll I'll make it into Excel and then I'll just I'll just post it in the Blender's game theory channel. All right. I'll download, I'll download. Can I download the sheet? I, I don't you don't, don't use Google Sheets. All right? Microsoft Excel, can I can I just do that? Download Microsoft Excel document. Uh, call it the combo calculator. And I'll share it in, because I'll just get rid of the other sheets. Right. So let me, let me open this in Excel. So I'm assuming you could, you could, you could also put it. Right. Combo calculator. Yeah. Cause you could put it in Google Sheets also. So I'm going to delete these yeah i'll, I'll do this Woo. i'll do this when i get off and i'll post it in the blenders game theory channel uh so if you're a premium member roto grinders premium go join the blenders game theory channel in our discord click on the link in the description get ten dollars off your first month and like i said uh, starting two weeks from now the next card i'll be part of some of the premium mma content so you get more of my thoughts as, as they break down the, the fights and everything from a strategic angle. Uh, so, so join me there, hit that thumbs up button on your way out the door. Give me those thumb and thumbs hit the subscribe button. If you're new here, hit the notification bell to know when we go live later today, two o'clock on the scores and odds channel grant with live locks, prop bets and everything like that for the sports books. Five o'clock is grinders live for MLB 630 crunch time free presented by FanDuel is uh, for the the right before lock for the MLB slate tonight. It's a pretty decent big slate for MLB. And then I will be back on Monday talking with James McCool. And then I'll be off for a while. Then I'll I'll be in Vegas for a week or so. So so come back on Monday and uh, we'll be talking DFS strategy as I always do on the DFS pregame show on (laughs) rotogrinders.com.